For over 70 years, Hercules Tires has been empowering more drivers to ride on the strength of a brand that delivers the performance they demand, the choices they desire, and the affordability they deserve. Plus, the company's comprehensive warranty, called the Hercules Performance Promise Plan, ensures peace of mind to match performance. And now, they're putting a little bread behind the tread with a prepaid MasterCard for up to $70 on qualifying purchases from April 1st through May 15th. Visit HerculesTires.com slash meat eater to learn more and find what moves you. Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors beneath crystal chandeliers and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfront wedding venue with all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way. The Gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Tonight we go to Wales. Now there are far more than dragons that stalk the Welsh hills, van life and the creatures that we see. The great dragon is very close to my heart. It's something I loved as a child. I found my dragons in fables and mythical novels. Now, as an adult, the dragon lines are something I research whenever the opportunity arises. I am convinced the lane lines are the key to understanding the many strange creatures people see, and also the answer to the many reports of unexplained and supernatural events. When we think of dragons on this island, our first thoughts go to Wales, a noble country that once stretched through what is now Cumbria to almost kiss the Caledonia border. But would it surprise you to know Wales is home to far more than just our fire-breathing kin. The legends of giants, werewolves and wolf-headed men stretch far back into time. And there are also many modern-day reports made. Reports of bear men, Bigfoot, large cats and invisible beings who stalk campers and hikers in the hills. Van dwellers increasingly report encounters with the unseen, the unknown and all manner of things. Over the last few years, people who live in converted vehicles that tour the country reporting more and more weird events. Contained in these reports are a number of sightings that came into me and I'd like to share them here with you. Our first case is the Gresford footprints. Now a few years ago an account came in from the Gresford area which is a small village on the outskirts of Wrexham in Wales. The person who reported this to me stated in a snow-covered field he'd come upon Enormous tracks which resemble those of a wolf, but the prints he found were considerably larger. Now, I'd like the witness to contact me again if he's out there, as he did state he had images of the prints, and sadly we lost touch. Not too far away, in a place called Pentohalkin, another set of strange prints were photographed, and a gentle from in the area was approached by a strange beast. The large paw prints were spotted by cafe owner Robert Cardis. 
Robert found the prints in an area that he'd previously seen a creature three months before. Robert and his son saw large paw prints in the snow, showing the path a large creature had made to cross his yard at the cafe. The cafe is called Billy Jeans, Robert said, and if they're made by a dog, it's a big dog. My feet are size nine, and there is definitely something around this area, as there have been lots of recent sightings of it. Having encountered a mystery beast in October of last year, Robert thought the tracks could have been left by the same animal. I thought, what the hell is that, said Robert. I couldn't tell exactly what it was, but it wasn't a badger, and it definitely wasn't a dog. It made some odd noise, and it ran off. It jumped over the fence, and there's quite a big drop on the other side. There were cattle in the field, and they scattered. It was quite dark. It was almost had the outline of a black Labrador or something like that. But the noise it made was a screech, and it wasn't a dog. It was quite spooky. It was quick. And I don't want to say that it's colour or it was that colour or this colour. I didn't see it all happened too quick for that. But we did see something, he said. Now, not too far away, we have the yellow eyes at Panty Blair. And Panty Blair, when you translate it, is Wolf's Hollow. Hello, Deborah. I was driving home late, approximately 2.30am, on the back road between my friend's farm and my house, 35-45 minutes drive, in rural Pembrokeshire, near the Preseli Hills National Park. It was a very dark night, and as I rounded the bend to an uphill straight, the land slopes from left to right. On where the road is cut into the side of the hill, there's a tallish bank on the left, with a five-foot drop hedge at the top of the bank, and a stock fence on the field. All in all, a drop from the top of the hedge to the road would be about 12 to 15 feet. So as I rounded the bend, my headlights on dick beam, I see a pair of yellow eyes were just looking, reflecting at me estimated distance of probably 150 metres ahead. I was doing about 45 miles an hour, and I'd say quite a fair distance apart. The eyes probably maybe goat-sized or panther-sized. Leaping from the top of the hedge bank down into the road, it moved. It didn't look away from me. I just saw the eyes, nothing else. I saw them land and take one bounce over a ranch-type fence onto the other side. I only just saw the leap before it went over the fence, and it was on the low side. In other words, it took its eyes off me to jump the fence. Now, what was it? What is interesting is that this area has many reports of sheep mutilation from unknown predators. There was a guy not too far away, the locals say, had released some pet panthers. Maybe that was responsible for what the people were seeing. Our next report comes in from another member of the van dwelling community. And this happened in 2019. Last year, on a trip to North Wales, we parked for a night in our converted van in a forestry plantation car park high up on the remote mountain. I think the closest town or village would be Llanderfell. As it was starting to get dark, my husband decided to take his folding shovel on a short walk to answer nature's call. You know, living in a small space, we have a re, you know, a pee-only thing. Once he'd done his business, he had a little time to explore the trails around the car park, and he was jogging to speed up his investigations. He'd only gone 100 metres or so, when he became aware of something crashing through the thick undergrowth 
off to the side. At first, he thought it was a weird trick or an echo, as when he stopped, so did the noise. When he started, so did it. He stomped heavily several times to test the sound, and he heard nothing. Yet when he started jogging back towards the van, the noise started up again. It was out of sight, but it was close by, and it was keeping perfectly in pace with him. He was a little confused and a little unnerved, as we used to encounter in deer, etc. But they always run away, and they never follow alongside. I don't know how he was able to keep his cool, but he just stated that since running seemed to set it off, he decided to walk back to the van instead. And clearly that was a good decision, as he returned to tell the tale. I was preparing dinner when he got back, and he asked me jokingly if I'd brought us to another bloody dogman place again. You know, whilst he doesn't quite buy into the stories, or perhaps really wants to know like I do, he's heard enough. And comically, we've visited a lot of places in the past, only to later hear terrifying accounts coming from that area. I just laughed and replied, they're everywhere, before I saw his expression. And I said, wait, what? Why? And he told me what had just happened. I was tempted to go outside and try some whooping or some wood knocking to see if we'd get a response. But I admit I chickened out because I didn't want to deal with the consequences of getting an answer. We decided to stay the night since despite the creepy experience beyond the car park, the spot itself didn't seem to have any negative vibes. Plus it had taken a while to find a suitable camping spot to stay. And in all, we went out to enjoy a very pleasant holiday. Tall, shadowy figure crosses the road. Now, two women were travelling to work on the road that joins Haverford West to Milford when they had a strange experience and they're both struggling to explain. Both ladies wished to remain anonymous due to their profession. They both stated that the traffic lights um, passed a well-known pub in the Clear Lanes area. They saw a tall shadowy figure that was on the right-hand side of the road as you travel to Haverford West. They said it's not uncommon common to see people on the side of the road as there are many workers up at that time of day waiting for lifts and they took no further notice other than how tall the figure was until they got closer to it. As they continued their drive, they claimed the tall figure suddenly darted across the road at astonishing speed and disappeared into the woods. The driver slammed on her brakes, expecting to have hit someone or something. They were both really shaken up. The passenger bravely got out of the car to see what they had hit, but there was no evidence of an accident or of a person or animal on the road or anywhere near the car. The ladies continued their journey, both confused and shaken up. And when they safely arrived at their place of work, they told a senior colleague of their experience. Now, their colleague casually told them that it was a common occurrence on Clay Lane as it was a well-known paranormal hotspot and other people have seen strange figures at that spot too. Now, the ladies have said that since the event, they have not witnessed any further activity, but they are very mindful on their morning journey that there is something not quite right with that part of the road. They are, however not the only two work colleagues who were also on that road when they too were in the wrong place at the wrong time. A tall 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Monkey figure runs across the road in front of the car. My colleague and I were working nights and we were driving from Milford to Haverford West. It was about 2am and we were just approaching Johnston. And as we did, I saw a very tall, lanky, dark figure and it ran straight across the road and went into the hedge. We stopped the car, we got out, we got our torches out, etc. And we tried to see what had run in front of the car. But there was nowhere it could have gone. It literally disappeared into the hedge. Some paramedics then stopped, thinking that we were in trouble. We explained why we'd left the car and why we were searching with torches, and they told us the rumour that Clay Lane is haunted. The figure we saw had long arms, long legs, and it was dark in colour. It ran very quickly, and it went straight into the hedge. Now, it would seem it's not just drivers who need to be on alert on Clay Lane. Even joggers are experiencing unexplained events. A young man using clay lanes one night to go jogging said that while running along the lane, he thought he heard an animal running next to him in the hedge. He said that he would not normally be concerned, but as he ran, he realised that this animal was only quite large due to the noise it was making, but also that somehow it ran alongside him in the hedge but also it was very near to him and it was deliberately keeping up pace with him the gentleman decided to sprint the last stretch of the lane and he ran up to the comforting light of Merlin's Bridge when he reached Sir Mark's school and he looked behind him he saw peering back at him from the darkness a pair of large golden eyes the eyes blinked and then vanished was this just a curious indigenous creature or had the man's jogging in the night disturbed a very strange entity? Being alone, it will be no doubt hard for the chap jogging to be taken seriously. He will be told it was a fox or a badger or a homeless man or it was all in his head, it was a dart playing tricks on him and 
all manner of conclusions from people who were not running beside him that night. Our other witnesses on Clay Lane had another person in the car with them. They were lucky. That helps. You can discuss what you saw and bounce ideas off each other. In our next report, it is a family on holiday encounter, whatever plagues that lane. Mr Taylor said, We'd visited Pembrokeshire many times over the years. It's one of our favourite destinations. I'm very familiar with the area, but I've not visited Haverford West Castle before. My wife and two daughters enjoyed our trip to Haverford West very much, and we took the road, Clay Lane, to Pembroke Road to continue our trip. It was not late at all, maybe 8pm. Our, um, our right was a field with what appeared to be a ruined church, which upon research was an old house, Harold Stone House. I was tempted to get out and grab a picture of the ruin, when my wife shouted to slow down, because in the road was the figure of a person. I stopped, and my wife and two children watched a blurry figure walk from the middle of the road, and then it disappeared into a gap in the hedge. It moved left to right. The figure was very tall, and it was definitely in front of us. There was no discernible features, just a blurry outline of a very tall figure. I would estimate around six feet, maybe taller. You could see the arms swinging as it walked, and it was not dirt on the windscreen or shadows cast by the trees or an ordinary person just crossing the road. There was an actual shadowy object crossing the road. It was very unsettling. And my children, particularly the youngest, was very upset by this lighting. Now, I'm not one for the paranormal. But to see things like this in the daylight with my family has obviously opened my mind to such things. I'm ashamed to admit I did not get out of the car to see where it had gone. And the incident happened so quickly that I didn't get a photograph. I don't think this gent should be too hard on himself. We're all made differently. Some people would have been out of the car like a shot, chasing the figure in the hopes of, you know, a good photograph. Others stay in the car probably shocked at what they'd just encountered. And some would just take the whole event in their stride and continue on their way. Every situation and experience is a personal one for each one of us. We all react to the event in a unique way. Now, some people use their vans just for weekending and other people live in them permanently. And the next report we've got is from a lady who just used to do it every now and again because it's much cheaper than staying in the camp areas. This next account takes place at Linogwin, Wales. And it's a large, tall, dark figure is seen looking into cars. Now, the witness account says, I love to visit Snowdonia in Wales and I like to try and stay close to the National Trust Centre at Snowdonia. It's much quieter there. It's a very scenic area. And there are not lots of noisy people and families, you know, screaming. And I can go for a walk in all directions. There was one specific spot where I preferred to park each time until I saw something there early one morning and now park elsewhere. On that day, I parked in my chosen spot for the night, which is a lay-by. If I remember right, it was the 4th of October 2018. I parked my van facing the mountain and directly opposite where you're driving from the A5 road. The night this happened, there was a medium-sized white camper van out there also and there was a small red hatchback. In total, there were about three vehicles, including mine. The weather was really bad. Now, I should explain, 
I like to tour the national parks, but I stealth camp in my car rather than in the people-filled campsites. That night, the wind and rain had been battering and shaking my van all night, and it got so bad and the rain so loud that I feared the van may blow over. The gusts were so strong. I woke up about 3.30, probably the 5th of October. I couldn't sleep with the noise of the wind and the rain. So I just laid there, hoping the wind would stop. And I tried to go back to sleep, but it was useless. The weather was getting worse, not better. I waited it out as long as I could and when I decided to leave. By now it was about 4.30am. I would have to get up and possibly drive to Bangor and park up there somewhere safe for what remained of the night. I still had my pyjamas on and I climbed over into the front driver's seat and I watched the heavy rain roll down my window. It wasn't pitch black outside as there was a small amount of light and I could see the red car in the far right corner. I was looking at the red car. I saw a movement on what I can only describe as a large, tall, dark-coloured figure was standing near the rear passenger door on the driver's side of the red car. As soon as I saw it, I believe it also saw me looking at it and it began to run off. And as it was running off, there was a flash of lightning that lit up the whole car park, which showed the figure clearly as a solid thing. I noticed the top half of its body looked to be lighter in colour than the bottom. It ran towards the opposite edge of the car park, moving towards the mountain. Now this event all happened within seconds and I am unsure at this point if it vanished into thin air or if it ran up the mountain, as there's a small wire fence containing barbed wire in the way. I was so scared that I started up the engine and I drove the hell out of there, all the while thinking, what the hell was that? What the hell? It took me weeks before I felt comfortable enough to revisit and to park in the immediate area. I parked in the same spot twice over winter and both times I didn't feel comfortable. I sat scanning the mountainside for any movement or possible person shape before I settled down each night. If I want to visit Snowdon, I now park at the lay-by right next to the lake, along with all the other vehicles that are always still parking there at night. But even so, I still sit in the dark and scan the area for any movement before settling down. What I can tell you is, I didn't see its face. It had a head, two arms, two legs, and it ran upright, but in a slightly hunched fashion. At the top half of its body was lighter in colour than the bottom half. It looked to be at least seven feet tall. I can't be 100% sure about that. It may have been taller, but I knew that its waist was almost as high as the roof of the car that it was standing next to. I have no idea what it could possibly have been. I told two people since that event. One laughed and said it must have been a shadow or your imagination because you may have been scared due to the dark and the weather conditions. And I pointed out that actually I wasn't scared of anything. I wasn't scared of a shadow or otherwise until I saw that figure. And the other person laughed when I mentioned it. So I just keep it to myself now. Don't get me wrong, I still go for walks, I still love it, but I keep my wits about me now just in case. Now our next account takes place in an area many people in the UK will have visited in their youth. Schools all across our island would spend a week or two each year at the Outward Bound Centre. 
each school would take turns and it was usually children 13 to 15 that attended. Kids from city centres would be taught to canoe, camp, climbing and more importantly, the skills of orienteering. You'd be left in an area with a map and a compass in teams of two or more and the task was to find your way back to the centre quicker than any of the other groups. It was during one of these events that our witness saw a creature he would never forget. Now this account takes place at Plaza Dolimoch and it happened in 1966 and the gentleman's name is Ray Moore and he says, when this happened, it would have been April or May of 66. I remember it was not too cold, but not quite summer yet. I was 13 and it was my school's turn for the third year to attend Plaza Dolimoch outward bound centre for a week. He'd been gifted to Coventry Council by an elderly widow and it was set up for disadvantaged kids and it allowed them to experience the wilds of the countryside and it's still functioning to this day. We'd go canoeing and rock climbing, abseiling and all kinds of stuff. It was great. We were also taught orienteering skills so we'd find our way in the dark through the woods using a map and a compass. So this night we were paired up and given instructions on how to use the tools to navigate. The woods were at the back of the centre, which was a huge manor house. Myself and my mate were the first to set off through the woods. It didn't take long to get through the woods, maybe half an hour or so, it wasn't difficult. We came to the path that leads back to the centre and that goes down a steep slope. And this is when something very big came crashing through the trees and bushes to our right. Myself and my mate just stopped dead still and looked at it. We just couldn't believe it. It was sort of roaring, as I remember. It was like a huge black shadow. It was that fast. But you could also tell it was thick and bulky as well. We just dropped all our maps and stuff and ran like hell back to the centre. And we woke up all the staff, you know, to what had happened. The funny thing is they believed us straight away and they called the police. Not once did they show any doubt of what we were telling them, especially as my mate described it as a giant ape. The police questioned us very sympathetically and organised a search. I don't know what happened to all the kids about to follow us through the woods. In fact, we never really talked about it, strange as that seems. The Dogman of Mount Snowden. Now, this happened in 2016. Now, the reports from witnesses come in from many places, as you know. This sighting came to one of our group members when he was chatting with a TV researcher on the phone one day. This report came in from Tam and he gave it to me on the 1st of the 6th, 2016. I've been selected to appear on a well-known television game show here in the UK and one of the researchers for the programme had rung me for a general chat and she was asking, you know, about hobbies and questions just for some background bio information on me and my hobbies. And I mentioned my interest in Bigfoot and cryptids. You could hear in her voice that the lady thought it was a bit of a joke. And she asked me to explain in more detail what that meant exactly. So I'm telling her all about the different sightings and the creature descriptions that are reported here. And I mentioned some of the accounts that come in of Bigfoot and Wild Men. And I also mentioned some of the Dogman and Wolf-Headed Man accounts. It was at this point that the line went completely silent. I thought we'd been cut off, or that I'd scared her off completely. But she was still there when I asked. 
When she finally spoke, her voice had changed and you could hear that she was a little shook up. She said that she'd been trekking in the area up around Mount Snowden a few years prior and that she'd seen a strange large figure. And she described it in her own words as, it was over six feet tall, it was standing up on two legs. It was a man, but he looked like a dog at the same time. When he knew I'd seen him, he leapt over a fence from a standing start and he just disappeared. She said she hadn't told anyone in 10 years in case they'd laughed at her. And that's normal for people to feel like that. You know, most of us have seen something strange, are used to that ridicule. It doesn't matter what you see, you can't get rid of it. You know, it's there and it's there forever. This next report says he saw a predator-like creature. The chap says, in the early 90s, I was a student at St David's University in Lampeter, Wales. I shared a house with a very strange fellow who was into magic and he did all sorts of odd things. He actually kept the curtains of his bedroom windows permanently closed at all times. He was into voodoo a great deal and he fed an idol in his bedroom. He fed it all manner of offerings and gifts and sweets and so on. He kept a painted stick or a wand inside and he kept one above the lintel of the door to his room. It was all very strange, but it was Lampeter, which is a very strange place at that time. Students can be strange, you know. He was quite serious about it all, though, and he claimed to have seen, and this is the interesting part of the story, Deb, a predator-like creature move from left to right across his line of vision as he performed a magical ritual, sky-clad, meaning naked, in the middle of the countryside in the daytime. He told me where this had happened and I believed him. It was just before you crossed a small bridge overrunning a stream of water, a place which may be significant anyway due to the effects water has on energy. Much that is spiritual has some connection with water and bridges in folklore and culture across the world. He says, I knew this place fairly well. Before he told me the story, I'd always felt an off vibe where I crossed that bridge. It was like entering a different place. The walking goes along a small, narrow road with towering trees on both sides and it takes you across another small bridge and the exit at the top near the main road. About half a mile walking total from one bridge to the other. I haven't been back there in years, he said, and I believe the area's totally changed. But I thought you'd be interested in the story. Now, in the early days of BBR, one of the things I would search for, other than hairy men, were the encounters where people mentioned strange screams, whoops and howls. If there's a report in an area of flesh and blood cryptid, we should be hearing them and spotting signs of them. If we're dealing with something from another dimension, then the area they appear and vanish are usually very important. There'd be important areas of high energy, crossing places, so to speak, Places where the dragon lines cross. One of our early researchers who helped me set up BBR investigations was the last named cat, Chad. And she was wonderful. She'd spend hours in camping and hunting forums looking for reports that would fit with what she herself experienced on holiday in Wales. I lived in the countryside most of my life, she said, and I know my herbs, wild foods and bushcraft. I grow, hunt, forage my own food and I can live quite happily outdoors. I have a wild knowledge of the UK fauna and flora and I'm an active learner of primitive skills. 
Primitive living and bow hunting are my passion. I camp wild a lot, so I'm used to the sounds of the woods at night. Um, I hear many nocturnal noises, and that's the reason these howls stood out to me. They were out of the ordinary. The howls were much louder, and they were filled with a resonance, nothing like I'd ever heard before. Now, I don't scare easily, and I can debunk most of what I come across outdoors. But on this occasion, I have no explanation for what I heard that night. I was camping just outside of Goggethley, and a few years ago now, I had a strange feeling I was being watched from the woods down by the river. It was a feeling that I couldn't shake. It was there all day. We set up camp, we went to bed, and about four in the morning, we got woken up and what I can only describe as a mournful howling. I've never heard anything like it before, and I live in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by woodland, so I know all of the usual night sounds. I really would have investigated, but we had a son with us, and he was quite young at the time, far too young to leave alone. But it's left me wondering what it was. It was around 4am, and the noises were pretty much coming from the direction of the valley. My partner heard it first and then he woke me up because he didn't know what it was either. It howled twice for about five seconds and then it all went quiet. And then we heard another one that seemed much further away. I don't know if that was a reply. I can only describe them as long, mournful howls in the night. Now, the Horseshoe Pass is a place many people will know. Um, and this is a report of a standing bear. Now, for anyone outside of the UK, we don't have bear here in the UK. So even if it was a bear, that would count as a cryptid account. This witness says, The other night, two of my friends were driving home over the Horseshoe Pass towards Ruffy. This was in the year 2007. And just a mile past the Ponderosa Cafe, they noticed an owl on the side of the road. And they stopped for a while to look at it. Then, as they were driving away, they say what they described to me as a bear with long forearms and it was walking on all fours. Now, this bear came out of the hedge on the right-hand side of the road. My friend said it was as tall as me when it stood up on its hind legs. Now, I'm not convinced with sightings like this, but they were absolutely adamant and that's what they saw. They went around the area asking people if they had strange pets which had gotten loose somehow, but they came up empty. I thought they might have just seen a cow or a black sheep, but they were adamant. They said it was at least six feet tall. Both of them saw it, and I was wondering if there'd been any other sightings of such a creature around these areas. You know, in specific, I'd like to know if any farmers have had large amounts of livestock going missing as well. Now, there's a big forest on the right-hand side of this road, and I'm wondering if that's where it came from. Now, in 2017, when we go to the area of Clangollan, there was another strange bear report. Now, a wild com- camper known as Mikey contacted me with something that was hard to explain, even for Mikey. Mikey said he'd been in the Clangollan area in 2017, and he saw an animal he couldn't identify. He told me himself he was certain he'd seen the same bear-like creature that everyone else was reporting when he was wild camping there. He was quite clear with what he saw and he described it as a large-bodied, hair-covered creature which was close to his camp. He saw the creature move off into the brush. 
Mikey said he only saw the back of the creature as it left his camp area and it moved off into the underbrush. Now, also at Flangolu, we have a report of a jet black giant wolf and this happened in 2019, so two years later. I live in North Wales in the mountains, not far from Clangollum. And this is a new home for us. And we've lived here for almost a year now in a very old house that no one has lived in for 30 years. We have four acres of woodland coppice behind the cottage that backs onto a wood that leads to the forest nearby. And when we moved in, I started to explore the land beyond the garden. I'm a herbalist, so I grow and forage almost daily. I was just gardening and tidying up. And as soon as I went up to the first terrace, I looked to the left where it's quite heavily wooded. I felt immensely uneasy. A few days after clearing the space for the polytunnel, we had a bonfire to get rid of all the brash. And it was damp, so the fire made a lot of smoke until it eventually got going and burnt itself down. It was getting dark and I needed to put the tea on, so I left my partner to keep an eye on the fire and off I went. A good 20 minutes later, he came running into the house saying something was sliding down the bank towards him, but he couldn't see a thing. He could hear it, and he could tell it was getting nearer and nearer, but he couldn't see what it was. He was really genuinely scared as he couldn't see anything. I was walking my dog in the late afternoon at the beginning of October 2019. I decided to go down to the river, which has a small wooden bridge across it, over an ancient pathway. It's near a very old church, not far from our cottage. I got to where there's a big oak tree on the bank that looks down into the ravine and I could see something and it was big and it black and it was coming down that path running towards the bridge from the direction of the old farm. As it got nearer, it became clear to me that I was looking at was a jet black wolf. It looked like a giant wolf. It wasn't running down on all fours. It was walking upright on two legs. It had big, broad shoulders and arms, and it had a thin waist compared to the rest of its body. I cannot say that it had canine legs, but it was definitely upright, just like a human would be. It stopped at the end of the path, and it just stood looking towards the bridge, and its chest was heaving like it was breathing heavily. It just stared, and I just stared at it in disbelief, and then all of a sudden, it was gone. Now, last summer, before I saw the creature down near the bridge, I decided to get a dog from the local rescue. And I obviously took him up to the woods to explore and have a bit of fun playing with the stick. I didn't really know why, but he kept running off as if to chase something. And I always thought it was the squirrels because we have a lot of them here. But when I caught up with him, he would just stand there barking with his heckles up, not at the tree where a squirrel would be, but at thin air, which I thought was very odd. And day by day, it got worse as he would just stand near the house barking at the fence and the gate that led to the wood. He was really unhappy. Sadly, he never settled and we had to find a quieter home for him. And we do have a new dog and she too is experiencing things on the land and at home now. And my next report is also quite recent. It came in on the 5th of July 2017 and the witness said... I had an interesting trip to wild camp at Askew Wood some years ago with my son and our dogs. Now our intention was to stay at camp until the morning before setting off for the day. We made camp and we were just sitting enjoying the night noises. 
it was a perfectly still night. It was great for listening for movement of animals or anyone moving around. You can hear the night sounds around you and everything's still and silent. All you hear sometimes is the fire. But as it grew darker, we started to hear a strange growling noise and it kept happening over and over. At one point, the dogs were so spooked, they jumped up and they started barking and they ran off in the general direction of the noises. This continued for the next hour, by which time it was 11pm. We decided to break camp and go home. We were both a bit spooked, to be honest, and we realised we were probably not going to get any sleep. Just as we were leaving, we heard the growling really close behind us. I did notice when we set up camp, a few structures and tree leans. They didn't seem weather-related. They stood out. They were strange. I chose this area because it's only a couple of miles away from the Klangol and Horseshoe Pass area where they have the Klangol and Bear sightings. Now, the structures this chap is talking about are often claimed as Bigfoot dens or shelters for one cryptid or another. This never made sense to me as they're often close to human areas. You can see through them. Now, one of our members from Staffordshire realised that the structures emit EMF energy. <clears throat> Pardon me. And you can, can increase your Wi-Fi signal as well as blocking harmful frequencies at the same time by using them. Many of our strange encounters happen in woodlands where these structures are found. It's in these areas you get reports of howls and growls and wails. They're often reported along with many animal kills. Now, in our next case, a whole village began to wonder what was killing and taking their livestock. Now, this is titled The Monster of Ray Hudder. The monster is thought to be many things. Most people settle on the large cat theory. The problem is that the monster did not kill in the way that a cat would. Large cats will invariably kill by biting an animal's throat, either by tearing at it or asphyxiating its prey. You'll see puncture marks and sometimes slashes along the flanks of the prey. By comparison, these animal kills during the time of the beast were slaughtered by a single deep bite to the sternum. A strange and generally inefficient means of dispatching a large animal. Stranger still, the animals were surrounded by circular tracks of flattened grass, as if a very large predator had circled the animal several times before taking it down and killing it. Now these tracks led off into the distance and when followed, they led to the banks of a nearby river. Hunting dogs were brought in, but they were unable to trail any scent very far. No paw prints or any evidence was ever found. And that's where we'll bring it to a close, but I'll hope you join me for part two. Good night, everyone.
leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.